Welcome back to another episode of the Resellers Mindset Podcast. My name is Mike, also known as the Used Book Guy on YouTube, along with my friend and fellow full-time reseller, Johnny B. We help people start and grow their reselling businesses from the ground up. We also have a weekly Zoom call and private Discord for all YouTube members. Head on over to youtube.com backslash usedbookguy to join the channel and gain access to the full-length podcast, Zoom call, and private Discord today. Let's get into this week's episode. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Reseller's Mindset Podcast. Mike here alongside Johnny B, as always. And Johnny doesn't know it, but the topic I told him we were going to do just now before the call, I've actually switched to, switched it up a little bit because I thought about it, right? So the topic today is going to be the days of lazy reselling are gone. Um, our initial topic here, just for full transparency, was the golden days of reselling are long gone. But I think the days of lazy reselling are gone because I still think there is a lot of money to be made in reselling. So like, I really, you know, I couldn't say the golden days were gone if I'm kind of still, you know, living proof and Johnny's living proof that you still can make a full-time income reselling. Um, so yeah, that's what we're going to cover today. And I do think it is, things have changed so much and I think it changes faster now. It's almost like technology, like the reselling game, it switches up, you know, there's so many fads and crazes that come along. And for somebody that's niche down, it's kind of easy for like me and you to block out, you know, the vintage tees, the collectibles, the trading cards. But for like an everything seller, it's like you got to kind of chase the fads and just adapt your business to whatever is hot in the moment. So I'm going to throw it over to you. You kind of can take us anywhere you want to take us. I mean, sure. I mean, I could speak on both fronts for Amazon and eBay. Let's start with little old Amazon here. Little old. Um. You can't send in $2 books anymore. The fees are gone way, way up. I mean, they pretty much doubled. And I was only in Amazon for less than a year. Now I'm back again. But yeah, it's that that changed and it wasn't very long. And then on eBay, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's some fee change there. But that's traditional, nothing really major. But the bigger change is the big talk is AI. Oh, my gosh. The AI is going to do better listings than human beings. Oh, what are we going to do? Well, I mean, you can adjust. You can do things the AI can't currently do. It'll eventually be able to do it. Or you can do something better than the AI can do, at least for a little while. Um, but then you're competing with that. And then you, you, you couple that with huge volume. Are you out of business? Question mark. Nobody really knows. So it's a wait and see kind of game. Or maybe we all get lucky and eBay just bans AI technology, doubt it. But um, there are things to consider. You have to constantly be upping your game. It's not that you're out of the game. You got to be upping your game as well as diversifying your game. That's why I'm back in Amazon. That's why I got a brick and mortar. That way, when a curveball pops me in my noggin, I can adjust accordingly or it gives me time to adjust. I'm not dependent on any one sales channel and or platform um and i'm probably looking to do more just to double my bets more more or less um yeah you got to take it seriously especially if you're doing this full time you constantly got to be adapting and adjusting and you got to be able to see the writing on the wall um even if you got to squint and move in a little bit to see it um so i went on a tangent there your turn mike i think a lot of this boils down to like, how do people find out about reselling, right? Usually it's YouTube or some kind of social media platform where they hear from a friend who's seen something on YouTube, right? And I do think a lot of the, a lot of the, this is just one example, right? I'm in the same boat. Media is like, you know, so saturated. But I think a lot of, a lot of the big time YouTubers that I kind of see in my feed, 
uh, a lot of it is, you know, focused on selling clothes, used clothing, right? So the problem you have here, if you decide today you're going to start a reselling business and you're going to sell used clothing or even used media, you have to realize you are stepping into a market where saturated doesn't even do it, do it justice. I mean, there's so many sellers, there's so many items for the for pennies. People sell it for pennies. People will even sell items that take a loss. Some of these huger uh, players in, in these categories. And I think what happens is, and a lot of people, you know, maybe they started reselling, you know, during the pandemic where everything was flying off the shelf because people couldn't go to the stores. All of a sudden, I think we're kind of starting to get back to normal here. And even further back past the pandemic, um, even when I was selling everything, I feel like it was easier to resell. I feel like my things sold better because there was less competition. Now, these categories are flooded with people. And what happens is it's the same thing. It's, it's probably worse on Amazon is that you have to realize your competition, right? If me and Johnny are competition. Yeah. John, Johnny doesn't have to know anything about the item or what the price the item at or what the item sold for in the past. This probably happens hundreds of thousands of times a day. Somebody prices their item way undervalued and somebody snatches it up immediately to resell it for profit. This happens all the time. You can't control other people. So when you're in saturated markets, your hands are like you're kind of tied. Even if you're finding quality stuff, you can't control Johnny B the idiot book shepherd, right? Like that's, that's just the reality of it. And people get so frustrated. Well, why are they selling it for $5? This is a $50 shirt. Well, they can sell it for whatever they want. There's nothing you can do. I can do. Anybody can do. eBay can do because that's just the reality of the game. The platforms want the sales and you know, they can't control how you price things. Sure. Amazon kind of does with their fair pricing policy, but Amazon will let you give something away. You want to give it away for five, six bucks. They're not going to argue with you and say, all right, that's another happy customer for us. You pay us our fees and, you know, who cares about that? But I do think like it's what you see and what people, you know, kind of get the door with is they're already stepping into a market that is so saturated and you don't have any plans to differentiate yourself from me or Johnny. If we all have the same book, right? You listening or watching me and Johnny, we all have the same exact book, right? What are we doing to differentiate ourselves? You're either going to have a much better listing like Johnny. You're either going to sell it for, you know, try to get 20 bucks out of it like me, or you're going to be, you know, somebody that's just like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm going to sell this book for $5. And you actually think when it sells for $5, you're going to get $5. So a lot of people, I think, just step into oversaturated markets. And I think that's like kind of the biggest mistake you can do. And I think it's so prevalent now that everybody's trying to get into the same things, Amazon, everybody wants to sell media because, oh, it's easy. The ROI is crazy, but there's so much more that goes into it. And you're just stepping into a whole pile of crap, basically. I mean, I'll give you a perfect example of this. I've price tanked a lot of listings as of late because of my brain price. It wasn't set up. Mike helped me out earlier this morning for $7.99 when these books are way more than, way more than that. But I just screwed over my competition because they scanned my books this weekend. So I'm happy about that. But anyway. I'm having to go back in and manually adjust them right now. But if I didn't stay on top of it and today's theme feel lazy about it, just let it go and not even bother to check. I wouldn't have known and I wouldn't have missed out a whole bunch of money uh, keeping more people like Mike out of the market because they're like, who's this jackass on the listing? Well, it's Johnny. He doesn't know what the hell he's doing and um, can't send my book in now. Um, and that's the, I guess that's the other thing. You got to always be double checking things just to make sure you can be 
as firm as you want on it's right. I, I set it up right the first time. I thought I did. Like I reactivated my account. I did, didn't bother to check till I had some boxes checked in. You know what? Well, my prices were out of whack. So now I got to manually go do it. So I'm going to be spending my weekend doing it. I checked the Merchant Fulfilled as well this weekend just to make sure. But I think everything's right there. But anyway, back on topic. Um, reselling is not easy. It's probably more challenging than it's ever been if you want to do this for the long term. Now, if you're just doing this part-time or on a hobbyist kind of level, you may not need to pay attention as stringently. But if, even at a part-time or hobbyist level, you want as much money for the time you put in as you can. So maybe you put some time away to check things, refine those things, um, even on a smaller scale than people like Mike and I. I do think like, I think about it, like, let's just take you as an example. Uh, for example, if Johnny B, you know, he lists his books, he's got full item descriptives, full, you know, you know, everything's perfect. It doesn't get no better than his listings for his books. Now, what happens if Johnny B, if Johnny B existed 10 years ago, right, where there wasn't the competition today, he maybe would only need to take two photos, right? One of the front of the book, one of the back of the book, put a cute little, you know, description in there. Hey, thanks for supporting my small eBay store, right? And those items, you could argue, would probably sell back then. But now things are so different. The competition is just, if Johnny B didn't take the approach he did to, to his eBay today, I mean, it, it would be tough going, right? If he was lazy with his listings and he's trying to get a higher price for the same items that I'm selling, he's basically capitalizing on all the lazy people out there listening to this right now that are selling his kind of stuff, right? He's like, well, you won't, you don't want to you know, do it the right way then. I will, I'll charge a premium and I'll actually make money when mine sells. And even though you're not, you know, you're spending the time to list it the wrong way, when you sell it for $5, you're not even making no money. So it's, it's almost like a double-edged sword that works in your favor. And I think you have to differentiate yourself. Like, I don't think you can just keep copying and pasting what somebody, what other people are doing on the, on all the listings out there and all the, some of the, some of the stuff there's, you know, hundreds of the same exact shirt. And it's like, how can you ever, you know, justify you getting a sale for something if there's a hundred of them listed? Like, listen, you got a one in 100 chance, however often that shirt sells once a week. I mean, good luck. And there, there's no rhyme or reason. Are you promoting? Are you the lowest price? People are always going to lower their price because there's a hundred of them. So it's not going to sell. So people are gradually going to lower their price. It's like, I don't know, man. I just don't see the path forward with people that are getting in the game today or even recently and they're just trying to basically do what everybody else is doing i think you have to start thinking outside the box start doing different things experimenting with different things because the days are just stepping in and selling you know used books on ebay and amazon uh i think they're long gone and i think it's the same with clothing i mean the huge clothing sellers have systems in places processes in places suppliers in places if you get it for the cheapest you can sell it for the cheapest and still make a lot of money, right? That's kind of the big thing here. Even when it comes to media, you know, these huge these huge resellers can sell it for $6 if they got it for $0.03 cents a piece. And those are the people you're competing against at the end of the day. They have the most listings. And there's there's these some of these huge guys, some of these huge players do things the right way, right? Like we, we always reference, you know, Chris and Tech, like Tech does his clothing like no other, right? Everything's done the right way and he does huge volumes of it. So it's like, 
how could you ever compete with somebody like that? You really can't. So you have to figure out a way to switch it up, be different than that person, right? Even if it's the same category, kind of like Johnny B is doing with those books, right? It's a little crappy paperback we see in every thrift store, but the way he lists it, takes the photos, has a description, drags all the information in there. No other listing on eBay is going to contain that information. So, so he's, he's winning automatically basically just by doing things the right way. Right. And, and to put things in other perspective for you, I mean, Mike mentioned it with the larger ones. I just crossed 10,000 active listings and that may sound like a whole heck of a lot to somebody who's not even close to that, but I am a very small fish in a very larger ocean. Um, 10,000 is nothing immediate, absolutely nothing. Now, I don't do the scan route um, like the bigger guys do and they have conveyor belts going all day, 24 seven. I can't, that's, that's not my game. So I had to do something differently than that game because I can't compete as far as slinging books up left and right. That's not my game. My game is about quality listings. And yes, yeah, some of us have the same books. I have the same book as the person I just mentioned, but if you rack the two up and you rule out price, because mine is going to be higher. Sure. But my listing just looks better. It looks like I want to buy it versus, oh, this is a stock photo. Huh, half this information's wrong because they scanned it in and didn't even bother to double check. Huh, but it's only $4.99. They get it. It's the wrong book. Or it's um, different than what they were expecting or it's in worthless condition. Because I've noticed with those higher-end sellers, their conditioning's all over the place. Some of it's right, some of it's wrong. More often than not, they didn't catch everything. Versus mine, we probably catch like 99.99% of errors, flaws on our conditioning. Um, even that's thorough by us because, again, our separators, quality experience, what you see is what you get. I think if you break down the categories, um, I, I think there's an opportunity in every category to do something different within the category to make money. Um, so I'm just going to start throwing some crazy ones out there. and You kind of can think about some as I go here, right? So we had Sabrina on the podcast a few weeks ago and like she's a huge Barbie seller, right? And I said, well, can you sell Barbie parts? And somebody out there right now is probably like, what do you, what do you mean Barbie parts? Like, can you pull off the head of the Barbie? Can you sell the the legs of the Barbie? Um, even down to the accessories, right? So if you're just selling Barbies and you take a step back, you're like, wait a minute, I can sell accessories and Barbie heads, Ken heads. Like, yeah, it might sound a little decrepit to somebody, right? You know, it's like, oh man, this, this weirdo selling, you know, take a picture of the little Ken head on my finger, right? <laughs> like, here goes 1993 Ken head, right? Um, but, and then again, it's like sewing machines. Are you going to sell sewing machines or are you going to part out sewing machines? Yes. Yeah. I think the easy route is not always the, what you think it is, right? Uh, selling a sewing machines is a pain in the butt. It's a huge, heavy thing you have to ship, test, all this stuff. If you're just parting it out, you got little tiny parts. You don't got to test the parts as long as they're, you know, all there complete. Boom. You got probably 50 more listings than that one listing. You're probably going to make a lot more money because usually when you part things out, you make more money. That's just the rules of the game. And I even thought about this, like, what about board games, right? People collect their board games. What if you just buy board games for a dollar piece and you part out the, you know, the board game pieces? How many pieces are in a board game? Just imagine like a risk of board game or, you know, even Monopoly, like one card missing, like, there's so much more opportunity than meets the eye. And there's so much more profit to be made. If you just think, think things like one more step further, like what it's just like, give me something. You got something on your mind where it's like on the surface, like with books, you could just sell dust jackets. 
Yeah, I mentioned that one too. I could have a totally dust jacket store. It'd be kind of cool. Uh, easy store, potentially. Um, no, I mean, back to Barbies or just toys in general. I could see somebody just doing the boxes. Not even toys, just the boxes the toys come in. Because people are always after the box. That's for those people that need it in a box, right? Um, you could also... I mean, even with books, you could do... Um, I mentioned dust jackets. I mean, I hate to say it, but if you take some of the older, not worth anything books and you cut out the illustrations, you could sell those illustrations for probably more than what you would sell the book for that had all of them in there to begin with. Now, that's blasphemy in book land, but you could do it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, who's the, who, who knows, dude? Like, who's, yeah, of course, all the, all the, you know, the gatekeepers of media, you're not going to make anybody do that, Johnny. It's like, you could cut out the the insides of the book and like have a little safe in there, right? Like there's oh, yeah. there's so many things we can do, but we're just like, well, we just got to sell the book. We got to sell the book as the book. We can't do anything else to it to think outside of the box. Like it's crazy to me. Like we get so narrow minded. I guess that I guess like it should be that resellers suck at innovating their own, you know, their own market, right? Like we just. We just copy and paste what somebody else does. We hit sell similar. That's it on eBay. On Amazon, the listing's already there. We're just listing. There's no innovation. And I don't think anybody even cares. Like, I do I do know there's people out there that are thinking outside the box, making a whole bunch of money right now because everybody else is just copy paste. But I do think there is still so much room to kind of switch things up and Honestly, it'd be less work. You make more money. What could go wrong? You know, like if I ever got out of the media, I would probably do something along those lines, you know, parts or, you know, pieces of something where there's an endless supply for super cheap and it's easy to store. It's just, I don't know. I just, I just think it's laziness, man. No, it absolutely is. I mean, in the lazy part, the, the, the start of it is even thinking about these things. You could be anywhere to think. I mean, you may need to set some distraction-free time away from yourself, but you take your brain with me, with you 100% of the time. So you could be thinking when you're standing in line on your commute to your day job or on your commute to go sourcing or, hey, uh, first thing when I wake up or last thing before I go to bed, I'm spending 15 minutes on how to be better than everybody else or not even that, do something differently than everybody else. You don't even have to be better. If you're not a hyper-competitive person, great. Be more creative. Do something different. I, I'm, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die on this hill, Johnny. It's gonna be like when we're like 80 years old, still doing this podcast. I'm still gonna talk about this one opportunity I think that exists in the eBay marketplace: hiring some hunk ripped guy to sell romance novels, and the cover photo is him all oiled up, right? He's looking like Arnold in his prime, and he's holding your book right there. And I guarantee the sell through on those books would be at least 10x compared to the category i've seen people do that in clothing they hire a model to actually wear the clothes instead of doing a flat lay or a mannequin there's a model wearing the clothes i mean i don't i don't need clothes no shirt is no shirt is in the job description for my the route shirtless man with a kilt <laughs> yes a hunky shirtless man that holds up my little fabio style love paperback books i mean I'm just saying that's that's where my mind runs to sometimes. And I do think if some like if we just allowed ourselves to kind of explore these categories we sell in, like you could you could strike gold today. I guarantee it. If you did, if you just decided 
And if you do go down one of these rabbit holes, right, you have to give it a real chance. With anything in life, you have to give something an actual chance to get results before you can be like, well, this doesn't work. I'm not talking about you hire, you know, Fabio's twin for a week and then expect to get, you know, crazy results right away. Anything you try, you have to give, I don't know, like three months, two months, three months full attention before yeah, you Yeah, the, the longer you give it, the better true to what the results are it's going to be. Yeah, but I mean, some people be like, well, I listed three dust jackets today and I haven't sold any in a week. This doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those, those people can, uh, they can do a yard sale. That's what they'll be good at. Yeah, it's just, I, I feel like there's so much room for innovation and in, in reselling that's just untapped. And I don't know, like, I try to figure it out sometimes. Like, people are probably like, Mike, well, why don't you do it? Well, what I'm doing currently works, right? I'm not on YouTube crying that eBay is dead and, my business is going under and me, Deb and the cats are, you know, eating out of the dumpsters. Like my business is working fine, but I see so many people whining all the time. I'm just like, well, what are you doing differently? No, of course you can't compete with tech or Johnny and their respective categories. You're not doing nothing different than them and your listings are worse. So like you automatically lose out the gate. It's like, you're almost handicapped immediately when you start a business, when you go into some of these categories especially on eBay, right? Amazon, a lot of it's based off price. Yeah, you lose money, but it's really like with eBay, you have to be different. Your photos, what are you doing for your photos? What are you doing for your listings? Self-similar works for somebody like me who has no expectations to make any kind of money on eBay. If I do, ding, 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 it's a bonus, right? Oh my God, I sold something on eBay. But like, if I just had to sell on eBay, it would be brutal. I think about this all the time. Like if Amazon ever, you know, takes me to the guillotine, like, I, I it's going to be brutal, but I will guarantee you, I will not do uh, just books on eBay. Like if the time comes and I get axed and I'm not media, that'll probably still be a part of it, but I, I'm going to go down one of these, you know, parts and pieces, business styles and do something that nobody else is really doing. Or maybe there's always going to be somebody else doing it, right? Like we can go look for anything on eBay, but it's kind of like you did. You identified like a, almost like, a, a gap in the market right there's there's exactly. nothing going exactly on exactly what i did yeah so even if there there's always somebody else doing something i'm just telling you to do something better and i think the same argument can be said like deb she has a cat and dog toy business right and so many people knock off her toys on etsy but they don't do it the same way her listings are better she's got more reviews she's got video reviews everything about her even down to her product quality it's all better so Yes, she gets knocked off all the time. Deb of, you know, five years ago when she first started her business would probably be more pissed off today. Now she's just like, it's garbage compared to me. Like, who cares? You're just like, you can't keep being an imitator, right? You got to be the person at the front of the line. If you're always chasing, you know, and what they do on Etsy, right? They sort things by bestseller. So like if Deb gets a bestseller, it's like, oh, this is going to get knocked off within the month. And that's exactly what happens. But it doesn't matter because... Deb already controls that market, right? She's already built up a brand. She's already built up the store. The people know the quality. People see the reviews. So you get to a point where as the big person, you don't care about all the new people or all the people coming in and knocking you off and thinking they can do things the way, you know, that you can when you know they can't. And that's just the reality of it. It's the same thing in resale. That's why all the little people go away with time because, hey, you can't compete with the big people because they're doing more. They got more capital. They got more inventory. They got more everything. They're getting inventory for cheaper. They're doing a better job listing. Maybe they have help so they can list more. It's just like, I think it's a revolving door. It's just like some people are never, never going to get there doing what they do today. 
Right. I mean, even people can come in and compete with me and do things slightly different. I, I told this on one other podcast. You do everything like me and then you include page numbers because I don't do page numbers. You've won. You've done something differently than I do. Yeah. But I mean, what are the odds that somebody's actually going to do that? None. That's why I gave it. <laughs> one day, one day, a new book shepherd will emerge from the from the shadows. And um, it's for me to go off in the pasture and lay down. That's right. So I think we're going to wrap up the, uh, the we're going to jump into the members part here shortly. But I think we're going to wrap up the, the call here and just I want everybody listening to think about the category you sell in and think about one thing that makes you different from everybody else in that category. Um, I think that's the biggest takeaway, even for my Amazon business, I have things that I do differently. And that doesn't necessarily have to be something related to product, right? Maybe it's a process. Maybe all of a sudden you cut your time that you're investing in the business in half. So all of a sudden you're not expecting to be selling millions of dollars a week. You can sell half million dollars a week because you're spending half the time in the business. Um, there's plenty of different things you can do just to think outside the box. And I'll be curious if you're watching this over on YouTube, drop a comment for something like you think is different in the, in the category that you're in that you think could actually make money. I think there's, you know, opportunities out there everywhere. I think the golden age of reselling is it's still here because the fact we could even do this and make an income is proof that the golden age of reselling is here because I mean, you know, where else in the world can you have a business like this and, you know, make a full-time income being your own boss, selling junk, nobody else wants in quotation marks because there's always a buyer out there for you. You just have to get it to them. So we appreciate y'all listening. We'll talk to you in next week's episode. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Resellers Mindset Podcast. Today's full episode and all previous episodes are available to all YouTube members along with the weekly Zoom call and private Discord. Head on over to youtube.com backslash the used book guy and consider joining for as little as $2.99 a month.